Welcome to Holistic Hearts, a place to dive deeper into living holistically, a place where my mom shares thoughts on living fully, creating intentionally, and empowering others to come along with her in this journey. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Holistic Hearts. I am thrilled to bring a dear friend and a fellow sojourner on this journey of aligning our bodies and our minds and our spirits with the Holy Spirit. This is Sherry Snyder with me today. Hi. Hi, Kristen. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be here today. Oh, me too. You are so deeply rooted in um, just his truth and his love. And you, I, I couldn't think of a better person. Again, I say this every week of the people that I pick out, but I really feel like you bring such truth to this area of aligning our bodies and our minds together. Sherry is a yoga instructor and um, she has for a long time been a guide, a leader, a come alongside to many women through trauma, through just being present, through suffering or joy or whatever. Um, I started taking Sherry's classes a few years ago from a friend who recommended we go. And we went upstairs, this little attic, quaint little building, and um, just so enjoyed being present with the Holy Spirit. And you could just tangibly feel it. So I'm excited to talk about pursuing holistic and wholehearted living in this capacity of body and mind with Sherry today. So thanks again. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you so much. I'm so, so honored. Mm. So why don't you share a little bit of your background with everyone, just so everybody knows who they're listening to. Sure, sure. I am in my mid-40s and um, have been uh, received just heard Jesus calling my name in my uh, late teens and have been um, responding to his call and his love um, since then through seasons of um, suffering and distress mm-hmm. and through seasons of joy and exaltation, mm-hmm. deliverance and um, reconstruction, renovation of my heart and mind and spirit mm-hmm. and body. And um, I have two kiddos. They're 16 and 13. And um, I am married to Morgan. And we've been married. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Thank you (laughs) so much. Yeah. Well, uh, so I wanted to to dig in because Mm -hmm. you really have wholeheartedly gone after this. And... So I want to talk about what does that look like to pursue wholehearted, holistic living for you? What does that look like? Yeah. Thanks, Kristen. So years ago, I was introduced to the work of Dallas Willard, Mm -hmm. and he describes this pattern for spiritual transformation or whole person transformation. And he uses this acronym VIM, which stands for vision, intention, and means. Okay. And um, so he basically says all three of these have to be interactive and present for really any spiritual or personal transformation. Mm -hmm. And so first, I realized that for so long, I lacked a vision 
and um, for me of, of what it was, what is human wholeness and what does it look like? And so I felt like Holy Spirit several, um, probably in about 2013, really rigorously began to invite me to consider what is a vision. And he, mm. you know, through other teachers took me back to the opening pages of the scriptures and to Genesis and this human vocation mm. that we are called to, we're bearing God's image and we're called to um, take creation somewhere in collaboration with God, mm. to rule and reign, to take creation, to steward it to steward um, our own part of creation in our bodies and minds and spirits, relationships, and then to steward the f- with creativity, the physicality, the yes. sensuality, the possibilities of creation. And so I began to have a vision. And Kristen, um, honestly, what I have for so long, really since I was a little girl, felt so fractured mm. myself. And so the gap between this vision of human vocation Mm. and my own sense of any ability to participate um, with any effectiveness to be fruitful Mm. and that vocation was so small yeah and um, part of that has been a challenge with um, depression and anxiety since I was a late teen Mm -hmm. and the picture that the father gave me one time was I felt like um, I was a sailor in a boat and um, my boat just continued to capsize and I hadn't even gotten out of the harbor. It was like, Mm. and the amount of, after each sort of subsequent capsize of a season of intense anxiety or depression to, to come back onto the boat, like my hair, you know, raggled and my face dripping with water took so much effort just to get back into the boat. So not only was there that expenditure and the exhaustion of this cycle of capsize and, and then an uprighting, but, that energy was not able to be put towards sailing and exploring the waters as it were and participating. So um, that challenge in my life um, Mm. became the trailhead Mm. for discovery of father, where's the provision for someone like me fractured in these places Mm. to become whole. And God met me at the trailhead and he's guided me really specifically um, every step of the way. That's a powerful image of the capsizing. I mean, I can totally picture it and feel it. And I know for so many listening that that's probably a reality right now in this season of high anxiety, depression. So if you had them face to face right now, as you've journeyed through this wholeness, what would you bring as hope for them? Hmm. Kristen, what comes to my heart first is I would I would come with witness, mm. probably sit um, in the boat and acknowledge um, the exhaustion, acknowledge the um, disappointment, acknowledge the loss. Yeah. In throughout the Psalms, you know, the psalmist talks about being in distress, mm. and in the billion, or excuse me. The psalmist talks about being in distress mm-hmm. and Holy Spirit guided me to be curious about that word and actually means to be constricted, like to feel like you are in a wow. um, constricted place. And so interesting because to me that that um, brilliance of the inside of the Hebrew, the writers of the scripture, that that language to me captures so much of what it feels like in my body when I'm in distress. It's like my chest is tight, mm-hmm. my jaws clenched, I have a um, constriction. And so to just um, 
first start with like acknowledging and any grieving that needs to happen. Um, And again, that grieving doesn't have to be, um, you know, I think sometimes we feel, we fear if we start grieving, we're going to be washed out to sea and never come back. Mm -hmm. But I found that father, you know, in the wildness of time, he can, you know, the grieving might, it might not last very long or it might, but, um, and then as we work through the grief, then um, feeling Jesus's witness. So his compassion for us, his, literally watching him um, with the wetness, his hair bedraggled as he endured all of that with us. And then just looking, catching his gaze and saying, okay, so what do we need to do to fix our boat? Mm -hmm. Like where is our, and what do we need to do to be, have Jesus and Holy Spirit and Father train us so intimately in how to navigate and how to listen to the wind and how, you know, you can go so much with this, but just that there is, there is hope. There's mm-hmm. none of us because we are image bearers who are outside yes. the vocation for whom um, this call is not only promised, but will be provided for and that none of us are left out of the commissioning. Yeah. And so no matter how um, fractured you might feel today or how exhausted from a cycle of capsizing mm-hmm. or how constricted yeah. um, the, the, the commissioning and the favor and the promise and provision is yours. Mm. That's, I, I hope that that's encouraging. I just know so many people that I've talked to in the last year <laughs> of just either emotions from I'm numb to I'm just surviving. Yes. Um, so and let's, let's go on that because I feel like Holy Spirit really wants to hit on that on so how how in that do we bring in awareness of of our bodies so that body spirit mind connection how do we go about that mm-hmm. Kristen I have a little acronym that just Holy Spirit gave me that just helps me so the first um sort of uh, phrase is PAL, P-A-L, pause okay. and listen. Mm. So that just beginning that practice of pausing and listening for okay. um, what my body, what, sh- you know, and you'll notice sometimes I'll talk to my body as a she, <laughs> <So> <laughs> what she is feeling. Okay. Um, there's such an amazing confluence right now between the um, sort of the text of um the body that science is able to study with greater mm, uh, precision right now because of imaging, sort of imaging techniques, we can actually see the way that the body and brain respond to uh, stressful stimuli. And so we actually can see that these really are like um, whole body experiences when we're in a time of duress or okay. stress. Okay. And, um, and so pause and listen, become curious. Some examples of what to look for is what is my, um, how sort of what's this um, relative amount of muscular tension is in my body? Just mm. pay attention. Is my body pretty rigid? Is she pretty soft? Where Where is she um, clenched or constricted? Or you might notice your rate of breath. Is how, is my breath shallow? Is yeah. it rapid? Is it almost imperceptible? So paying attention to um, sort of in muscular levels of muscular tension, of okay. rate of breath, 
heart rate, um, and then general uh, sort of what we call in the field of trauma-informed education, we call it a level of arousal, which is basically the level at which your nervous system is activated for your survival. Hmm. So um, the body is wired when, by the grace of God, to live in a fallen world. We're wired to perceive threat and respond to it. Mm-hmm. And um, so we just begin to notice, is my body highly activated? Um, sort of like I feel like I could fight, flight, yeah. fight, or flee right now. Right. Or is my body numb? And that's actually a survival uh, response as well. It's called freeze and submit, where um, Father imbued our bodies with the with the um, ability to respond to an overwhelming threat by sort of shutting down. Wow. So we just first acknowledge where am I at? And I know for myself, my um, primary survival response was flee, sensations of a desire to run away mm-hmm. in my body or freeze and submit. In fact, I kind of have wished I had a little more fight in me. Yeah. Um, but m- mostly I would go to fr- um, shut down or um, intense anxiety that made me just want to run. For some people, they're more prone to that fight response, which would maybe manifest more in anger Mm -hmm. or sometimes in a rage. So just first we start, we just pause and listen, notice how, what, what is my body experiencing right now? That's good. I I don't know if I've ever in all of my work of just holistic uh, fitness and nutrition I don't know if I've ever heard the freeze and submit and that Mm -hmm. totally resonates personally to my own reaction because I don't know if I've ever resonated with fight or flight, maybe flight, but that's interesting and that's really insightful in my own healing journey. (laughs) So, um, but I, go ahead. May I ask what, what feels insightful about this? that to you? What does that connect for with you? I think because uh, that feels validating to how I've responded to threats is a freeze. And I, I mean, we just got a puppy and, and he literally is a freeze and submit dog. So every dog that he sees, he stops, rolls over and just stays there. <laughs> so I have this exact picture of a submissive dog. And that resonates so much in my own journey of threats or really high stress situations where I'm like, okay, stop. I'm numb. And I'm just gonna, I don't know what to do. And I'm not going to cry. And I can't, you know, that process of um, very much a numbing uh, response. So thank you for sharing that. Because that's a big eye opener for me in my own journey. Okay, so with Kristen, can I say something else about the freeze response? Yeah. So what's interesting is the freeze response also connects. Um, were we to do a brain, like a scan of our how our brain is working, and then different um, sort of constrictions in the body, we would notice that the center for um, our language center kind of goes offline mm. when we're in that that spot. So that feeling like I literally like can't can't talk can't talk. <laughs> yep. And then um, a constriction around the throat. So the voice really does um, disappear. So I think for me for so long, outside of a revelation of God's love, I just um, had years where I felt so ashamed of myself that that Mm -hmm. was my response and admired people who had a different response under stress or 
confrontation or conflict um, and felt shame, which eventually rooted and um, gave birth to self-hatred for how rapidly I would go to freeze and submit. Mm -hmm. And now learning that, oh, okay, that my, for all kinds of reasons, that was the adaptation, the survival response that my body and my heart learned at, at probably a very young age. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was the way that I, I knew to, that was the best I knew to do. Yeah. And now yeah. if it's no longer serving me, then God and I can be curious about new ways and, and training and, um, mm. over, you know, with wisdom's long view, yeah. training my body and my heart and my mind and my voice to respond differently, but that it isn't something that is a mark of shame. Mm. Um, rather it's a, um, an interesting indicator of story yeah. to be curious about. Yes. Well, and, and to share even more is, is part of my walking out my identity in these last 10 years. Um, for those of you who are in my online course, I share about a specific identity statement of, I have a voice and I have something to say and how funny (laughs) that even just right now, I'm like, Oh, (laughs) that totally makes sense that that's part of my story and that being curious. And I love that because there's no, I can look back and, and not be ashamed of the shutting down. Um, but again, coming to our father and letting that be a place of curiosity and allowing him to come and speak into those deep places. Um, and on a physical level, um, I have felt in my throat that like, I mean, it's almost like there's somebody grabbing my neck. That's what it feels like of when I am under intense stress It's like this, I can't breathe (laughs) and nor do I want to (laughs) talk. So it's just powerful. So if anything, I am totally (laughs) just relishing in this wisdom and um, that opportunity for more, for more healing. Um, And that kind of brings me to my next question, which I was going to say, like, how do we honor that part of our story? Totally. So um, that first acronym, pause and listen, like PAL. Mm-hmm. The next one that's uh, so helpful to me is it's CAR. Mm-hmm. C-A-R, curious about root, the root. And so really, you know, um, whatever that looks like, Kristen, I, I imagine um, working with someone like um, in a in a spiritual formation context, like you're offering, but to practice, you know, there's exchanging contempt. Mm. Or curiosity. So we're, we're giving the Lord our contempt. We're receiving from him curiosity about our story. And both, um, I love what you're saying, Kristen, because, um, you know, you can take that to, okay, Lord, what were, what are some, um, agreements I've made about my identity based on my, um, sort of primary survival responses. Mm -hmm. For example, someone who goes to fight easily might have, um, the enemy might've convinced her to make an identity statement that I'm just like a raging. Yeah. And I'm untrustworthy with the vocation of the kingdom Mm. instead of like, no, that, you know, that was a a survival mechanism that served you for a time. Mm -hmm. What does, how does the Lord want to fill out? You know, what does he want to say about that and breaking that agreement for someone who is always 
maybe um, just wanting to avoid and like run Mm -hmm. um, the false identity of your fearful person. Yeah. Um, And so no, like with father, what is the truth Mm -hmm. about who I am? And so for me, it was just so much of, I am really um, like, I am, um, how shall I say? It was like, I really had took on some major identities that were not of our Lord yeah. based on the way I interpreted mm-hmm. my own survival responses. So mm-hmm. curious about the root. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So how, how do you pull that into yoga? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how, the last one. So it's the uh, last one is gas. Cause okay. you need gas for your car. Oh, so nice. Take your pal and it, uh, gas ground and soothe. Okay. <clears throat> and so basically, you know, it's been said that so much of our addiction or compulsive behavior is an attempt to change how we feel, mm. an attempt to navigate intolerable sensations in our body as best we can. So we, um, you know, we experience an intolerable sensation in our body. Maybe that, you know, that literally like I'm about to crawl out of my skin yeah. or I, yeah, I just cannot tolerate. And so we reach for something to try to uh, manage that. Mm. We reach for um, substances. Sometimes we reach for control in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, effectively, this idea of codependence is that um, we are reaching for something outside of us mm-hmm. to manage something inside of us. Yes. Whether that be a person, um, you know, a substance, a like exercise, who, who knows what it is, whatever we're relating to compulsively. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what um, is so profound is the invitation to say, I'm worried, like father made me to be comforted. Mm. How can I find ways to so- be soothed and receive comfort that does not bring mm-hmm. harm to myself or others? Wow. Father, what does it look like? Like I'm worthy to mm. be comforted how can I receive comfort in a way that does not bring harm mm. to myself or others? So grounding and soothing. And so then when it comes to yoga, what we find is that what I love is father has made this provision in breath and movement mm. that I love the democracy of it. It's free. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be mitigated by any expert. Yeah. Um, it's available to all of us. And so basically the, um, breathing we'll just start with breathing is one of the most um how should i say like direct ways to regulate Mm -hmm. that level of arousal or that activation of our the survival mechanisms in our body yeah and so learning to lean into the provision of breath to soothe ourselves to ground ourselves in the present moment in the presence Mm -hmm. of god and then, um, yeah, just practicing that in the picture I have is so often, you know, um, it's just like compassionate yeah. shepherd yeah. to myself mm-hmm. of where I'll picture like, you know, let's say I've, I've really gotten like spun up and, and this, the enemy is wanting to tempt me to turn with contempt against myself or like, oh my gosh, you know better. Mm-hmm. Why are you here again? And instead I just picture, I feel like Jesus has asked me to become a shepherdess, a oh. compassionate shepherdess of my own heart and body. And so to gently guide myself right back, just bring myself back, leaning into the tools 
yeah. and just starting all over again. So it's really a practice, not a performance. Yeah. And it's something that we grow in over time to be able to regulate with the Holy Spirit, those sensations in our body. Wow. I'm like furiously writing all <laughs> so many notes. It's so good. I love what you just said. Practice, not performance. Um, can you go into that a little bit more? Dig into that. Yep. <clears throat> I think part of that is just a precious revelation for me because of my mm, perfectionism and cycles of putting pressure on myself and then experiencing failure and then just keeping, you know, just um, really lacerating my own heart with negativity and accusation, mm. partnering with my enemy to do that. So for me, this idea of it's like, oh my gosh, it's always just practice. Mm -hmm. It's always practice. So there's the stakes in, in that sense are low. Yeah. Um, it's just an opportunity to practice again. And so when I've forgotten um, when I have, you know, sort of had amnesia about my tools, how just practicing that compassion, you know, when the Lord, when it says the gospel writers record him, you know, it says that he had compassion on the crowd, mm -hmm. the, that, um, Greek, the original Greek there is he literally was moved to his bowels. Like wow. he had a bodily experience of, of suffering with, mm -hmm. and they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were harried and in distress. And so just receiving the compassion of Christ, of our Jesus, mm -hmm. him being moved to his bowels over my distress, mm -hmm. and then his um, active provision for, um, for, for, for what, what we each experience so, so uniquely in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And it just, it, Really, as we've talked about on the show a lot of our ability to imagine him with us is so key. And I just can't help but thinking about the breath of just laying down in his presence and just imagining his peace like a blanket, like a heavy weighted blanket over us um, when we are feeling that out of control or out of um, body experience of just really allowing that to soak over us and how even with breathing and yoga and just allowing space to practice him in us is such a phenomenal out of this world um, opportunity to experience him. Yeah. Exactly. And when he announces that his kingdom is at hand, mm -hmm. so it's right here. It's, it's, it's just like the, the on-ramp is always right where I am, not where I'm not, not yeah. where I wish I were, mm. but it's where I am, where I really am is, is where the, 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 the gate is. Yes. And I, that's just such good news for me. And, um, Kristen, the picture I often have actually is of me, you know, either we're standing together face to face or he's sitting across from me and we're breathing together because a lot of times it's in a moment where I'm, I'm in a, um, a moment where I need to be kind of engaged. It's not necessarily a moment when I can totally pull away, yep. which that, that soaking, that laying down is also precious for me, but sometimes it's like locked gaze. And I'll actually feel him breathing, like 
inviting me to um, kind of, um, um, how shall I say, like unite my the rate of my breath. Yes. With him. Yeah. And he'll just like breathe with me. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's sort of like, so it's kind of a micro turn and then a re-engagement of whatever it is that I'm, I'm, I'm tasked with at the moment. That's so good. So yeah. I had this revelation last spring of co-regulating of when a mom gets given their newborn um, and the newborn's upset and they're laid on their chest, the baby's heart rate regulates with the mother's and it rocked my world <laughs> when the father was like, that's what, when you picture laying on my chest or l- looking into my eyes and how you're saying, breathing with him, that's that co-regulating. Let's regulate, come back. And um, uh, yeah. Kristen, it's true. And, you know, um, it's so interesting that you bring up co-regulation because that's, to me, one of the revelations of of studying how Father designed our bodies is to realize we really are interpersonal beings. Yes, that our nervous systems are designed to mm-hmm. co-regulate in relationship. Yeah. Sometimes this can introduce grief in the sense of as we look at our stories, because part of how Father intended it was for a child to be able to regulate his or her nervous system when when that child was experiencing sort of those moments of terror or mm-hmm. rage or grief that there was um, sort of that wise and loving parent to kind of help them navigate and co-regulate the the levels of arousal in their body. Mm. And um, sometimes that happens for some people often for some people occasionally, and for some people they have no memory of. Yeah. Uh, so of course their body is going, mm. if, the, if there was a, um, sort of an absence of that co-regulation in our stories, then um, it's actually what's right with us that we haven't, that our nervous systems aren't actually working the way they're meant to because we're meant to do it in relationship. And so I love what you are describing that the father comes and regardless of how our story reads, Mm -hmm. we now have this, this Papa Mm-hmm. And this brother Jesus and Holy Spirit to p- reparent us so that we yeah. can receive developmentally what we may not have received as children and that wow. it's never too late mm-hmm. and that we can receive our inheritance um, of feeling safe mm-hmm. and contained and that our bodies are a reliable place to be instead of a place yes. where we can be hijacked at any moment. Wow. And um, I just, I just think for so long, I really assumed that was someone else's inheritance, but for someone like me, because I had so much distressing sensation in my body, I would never experience, um, the gift of being embodied. Mm-hmm. And so to sit here, like in it, so I really do believe if, if, if I can experience, um, a sanctuary within my own skin because wow. of God, anyone can, because <laughs> I was the most, I really do feel like. I was as fragmented as a human can wow. be when it comes yeah. to a, um, nervous system activation. Mm. Oh, Sherry, that's so hopeful and so life-giving. And it it spurs me on to be even more curious and to allow mm-hmm. space for that practice. And uh, I'm I'm just so thankful to have you on here. And for anybody who's wanting to find out more about Sherry, 
I encourage you to go over to Instagram and her handle will be down in the notes too, but it's deeply rooted collective. And, um, man, she's such a gift to this world and her journey is, um, a gift to be heard and, uh, thanks so much for being a leader in this area of mind, body, and spirit, Sherry. Thank you, Kristen. Likewise. And thank you to everyone listening and just, um, just reach out my heart, just come right next to you in solidarity for whatever your body is experiencing for whatever, um, the way that your story reads has brought you to this moment. I speak hope mm-hmm. over you for um, all the provision that your father has for you by name and face and story, the wholeness that um, will be yours by the grace and pursuit of your God. Yeah. Mm, that's such a good blessing. Awesome. We're going to end it there because whew, that's so good. <laughs> all right. Everybody have a great week and thanks again for listening. Thanks for coming, Sherry. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks for listening to Holistic Hearts. As always, leave a review and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to find out more about my mom and all the things she is writing about, go to www.kristenfieldschadwick.com.